I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you, whether you're watching us live or you're watching in the replay. Uh, I'm just glad you're here, and I always appreciate when you subscribe. That helps us a lot, uh, or follow, depending on where you're watching. Uh, liking and subscribing, all good things. Hello, Judy. Well, she, Judy's my number one viewer. She's always here right on time. So great to see you, Judy. I hope you're feeling well today. And Judy and anyone else watching, I think today's... Uh, guest is going to really encourage you and inspire you. She has an amazing story, amazing testimony of what God has done in her life. And it comes through a lot of hardship, which I, the older I get, the more I see that. Uh, and it it's tough at times, hard to maybe explain or rationalize or understand. But uh, when you look at God's goal to conform us to Christ, which he and scripture very clearly states that that is that is our purpose to be conformed to Christ. What does that look like? Uh, you know, you look back a lot of times at some of the hardship and go, I can see God accomplishing His perfect will even when I didn't understand it. So with that, my guest is Sharon Bolin, uh, and uh, I, I just want you to hear her story. Sharon, it's great to have you here on Life Today Live. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. And as we were talking before coming on the air today, I just want to thank you again. And um, your dad has uh, just been a, a patriarch of the faith. And um, I know has impacted multitudes of lives, including mine. And so, again, I just want to thank you for having me today. Well, and man, uh, speaking of fathers, your father... Uh, had a great influence on you. Take us back to some of your childhood uh, before we walk through some of the difficulties that you've been through. Well, uh, my nationality, uh, my ancestral descent is from India. I was born in Guyana, South America. A lot of uh, Indians migrated to that country under the British rule many, many years ago. My father was raised as a Hindu. And at the age of 11, he was contemplating uh, reincarnation and had just an immense fear of death. Mm. And so one day uh, when he got home from school, again, just at the age of 11, someone had slipped a little gospel tract printed in the United States of America under his door. That for, for the first time, he read the name Jesus, mm. heard about heaven. And he was so intrigued by this that Instead of going to the Hindu temple the next week, he ended up going to a Protestant church, sitting in the back, heard the gospel, didn't tell anybody, <laughs> uh, left. Um, from, and as he was leaving, someone at the back door gave him a little uh, Bible with the, the New Testament and Psalms. He said he came back home and he said, Jesus, I don't know if you are the true and living God, if you're the real God, because of course in the Hindu faith, there are multitudes yeah, yeah. of gods. Yeah. My grandparents' home, you know, I remember growing up, it was filled with idols. And he said, if you're the real God, just reveal yourself to me. It's just a simple prayer from a child. 
And he said at that moment, all the fear of the afterlife left. Hmm. And he knew in that instant that Jesus Christ was God and heaven was real. And he had a tremendous conversion. And that day, everything changed, obviously, for his life. But the beauty of the story is how America impacted a Hindu boy and how important it is for the gospel to be taken all around the world. You don't know whose house it's going to end up at. Mm -hmm. And it was my father. And there was no Billy Graham there, no Mm -hmm. altar call. It was just a moment between he and the Lord. And it was the most phenomenal conversion. And my dad ended up becoming um, the first uh, tenor singer from Guyana to sing in the U.S. He had a phenomenal voice and Bible scholar. So I have been raised with a, a man who is really a true example of the character of Christ in my life as a father. And I have seen my dad come to this country, love America. We came here as legal immigrants (laughs) and how he fed America the word because America fed him initially. So it's been a phenomenal upbringing for me. And I have been uh, in, in, you know, really you call people that have raised with a preacher, you're like PK, you know, the kids were PKs, but we have to come into our own walk as well. You yeah. can't ride on the coattails of your family. You have to come into this an individual walk. But that's really how it all began for me is coming to this nation and honoring America and thanking God for a land that was really seated in the Bible in prayer. Yeah. However, there were some things that uh, pulled you away for a while. Tell us about that period of your life. Yes. Uh, as I was coming out of high school, I got into the modeling industry and as I stepped into that um, that season of my life, I was really uh, straying away from the Lord. You know, the temptations of the world, temptations for fame and fortune. And I was really pursuing this career for many years in my late teens to my early 20s. And I was about to take um, a job overseas. And I knew that my career was changing. Everything was going to get a lot bigger now. I was moving up the ladder. And I remember living in Palm Beach and praying, Lord, I I don't know you like I used to. I want to know you again. I knew I was far from the Lord. I strayed away from him. And at that moment, when I prayed, I really believed I was doing the right thing because I was getting my life right with God. But everything seemed to go wrong. The next two weeks, I started getting very ill. I couldn't take a lot of jobs. I didn't know what was happening. I went to the doctors. I thought I was coming down with, you know, some type of flu. And they couldn't diagnose anything. So to make a very long story short, I ended up coming back to Dallas just to get uh, some tests run, not knowing that I would be here for two years dying of an illness that the doctors could not diagnose. And that completely changed my world because all the fame and fortune and my goal setting, everything was halted instantly. Because if you don't have your health, you really can't do much. So I laid in the bed wondering if I was going to die. I was in my early 20s, didn't understand why God was punishing me. I was trying to get closer to him. And after months of tests and the doctors really couldn't pinpoint what it was, 
I couldn't work. I was weak. I could barely walk. I decided to open the Bible and I challenged God, listen, if you're real and everything dad's taught me is real, then let's see, I'm going to prove this Bible. <laughs> I was saying that in my foolishness, you know, and in my anger, but the Lord is such a Lord of love and mercy. And I opened the Bible and I began with Genesis and I started finding every scripture that dealt with healing. And I ran across scripture after scripture and they became a reality to me because I needed to be healed. I was dying. Mm. And I began to take my name and I would insert them into the scripture. Behold, I will, I, the Lord God will bring share and health and cure and I will cure her. And I will reveal unto her an abundance of peace and truth because when you're sick, you really don't have a lot of peace. You have a lot of fear. And I was bound in so much fear. I was afraid to just walk outside to the mailbox. I mean, I was bound in fear that I could die any moment. So after two years of that illness, though I was getting weaker physically, spiritually, I was getting stronger. And you know, in the modeling world, the, the issue that I was having was with identity, just like our young people today. We, um, we have an identity crisis and social media, the world will tell you, you need to look this way. You need to act this way. You need to dress this way. And so the world is fashioning our belief system of who we are to be, but we're created in the image of Christ and we are to reflect that image. And I didn't understand that, but the Lord began to reveal that to me. So I was miraculously healed at the end of that two year period. I was so strong in my walk and my faith had grown and the Lord set me free of fear, sickness, everything. And I, I had a, a, a very close shave with death. I, I literally was dying one night and I had to cry out to the Lord. And it was at the climax of that, at that period, but the Lord miraculously healed me. And after he healed me, I began to have dreams of preaching. And I thought, oh Lord, I said I'd do anything, but I can't preach. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, female, single, you have all the excuses. Don't have a seminary degree. And the Lord really continued to prepare me. And of course, my father, I was basically living with a theologian and he had imparted so much into my life. But long story short, again, because it's so long, I ended up having my first tent crusade uh, at the, you know where this is, at the old Texas Rangers ballpark field. Oh, yeah. And then the late 90s, and I just went out by faith. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And the Lord just opened the doors for the media to come, and it helped really to get the, the people to come and attend. And that's how it all began. And, and from that moment, my whole life changed. The Lord really has been opening doors. I've been in the ministry now uh, for over 20 years. And what I see today is that the hand of the Lord is ready to move for anyone who would just give him the time. I was so busy and I had my life planned out and figured out. But when I laid in that sick bed, I gave God the time and I searched out his word and his word has the power to heal, to deliver, to set you free, to transform your life. And as I got into that word and I prayed and, and really found out who he was and fell in love with him, that's when everything changed for me. So I definitely want to talk about what uh, is going on and, ha and has gone on over the last several years in that. But when I read your bio, I, I couldn't help but wonder because you, you went through this pretty quick. But, I mean, that period of time in your life where, you know, you, you had a hard time even getting out of bed, it, 
you, you went to lots of doctors. You know, you got, what, EKGs, EEGs, MRIs, CAT scans, all these things? All of them. And they couldn't pinpoint anything? Um, did is Was it psychosomatic? Was it, you know, depression, anxiety, strictly mental, something that wouldn't show up necessarily in a, in a medical test? Did, do you have any... I mean, I know you've moved on from that, obviously, but do you have any idea what was going on? So there was no specific diagnosis because every every scan, every test came up negative. However, they thought, well, maybe you're just under a lot of stress. You've yeah. been in a fast-paced society. You know, they kind of put it off on the stress. But what was happening is um, I was I was really getting a lot of fear Mm-hmm. And I would just be sitting watching television. My heart would race just, you know, 120, 130, 140 beats yeah. for no reason. There are times I called 911 thinking I was having a heart attack. I didn't know what was going on with me. Yeah. Sometimes my body would get numb. Sometimes I, I couldn't feel my legs. I did not know literally what was happening. Someone in the prime of their life, you know, you're in your twenties. Right. <laughs> you don't usually get these type of ailments. Um, I was always healthy, so it was truly, I believe, an attack of the enemy. But God allows things to come in our lives sometimes that we don't like, but it got my attention. Sure. And if that's the way God had to use it for me, because I'm such a um, goal-oriented person, well, He got my attention. Uh, but to answer your question, no, there was no specific diagnosis. I've, I've known others, uh, uh, not in their young 20s typically, but it, it it's not you know out of the question. But I've known businessmen specifically who were, you know, the A-type, very driven, you know, would get up very early, work very late. Uh, and basically they, they shot their nervous systems and they had s- similar kinds of things, numbness, you know heart palpitations, all that kinds of things. Um, it's a, I'm, I'm certainly not a medical doctor or anything, so I won't speculate, but it's, it's definitely a war in the mind that manifests itself in the body. And it's interesting that it was your mind going to scripture that found healing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. That's such a good point that you make because the battle is in the mind. Mm-hmm. Everything we face is in the mind. So you think about it. Everything starts with a thought. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the name of, of knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a what? Sound, Sound mind. mind. Yep. So I had to retrain my mind. I had to get the thinking of fear and I'm going to die and the world is over out and oh, something's going to happen. And I had to say, okay, this is what God says. So I challenged him. If your word is true, this is real. Let's see if it really works. Now I didn't know what I was saying initially, but then I started believing what I was reading Mm -hmm. and I started making it literal to me. I would take my Bible and I would put my Bible on my heart when it was racing out of control between 2 and 5 a.m. that it did every single morning. I would speak the word. I would hold on and I would I would touch it and I would say, this word has power. Then I'm going to take this literally. And I would say it over and over and over again. And it, it shifted my paradigm. I, I did not see myself as a weak 
victim anymore. I realized, you know what? I am a conqueror <laughs> and I may not feel good, but I'm going to speak the word and I'm going to get authority over this thing. And <laughs> then everything changed. So you are absolutely right. It all starts with our thought life. Interesting thing that, that you said there. Uh, I have a tendency, and I think a lot of people do, to hit my process is if I can understand something and see it play out, then I will believe it. I will have faith. And that's exactly backwards <laughs> what God says. He says, have faith. And then so many times in hindsight, you, you gain the understanding uh, because you've seen it play out. But it starts with the faith. I mean, it, you know, the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Uh, there really is something to believing what God says first and sticking with that no matter what your natural eyes may see or mind may want to tell you. But when you stick with that faith, I, I just repeatedly, I see it play out in hindsight for people. They go, okay, I, I see you there. I see it. I, I see it. Looking back, I, I can see how that happened. So it wasn't that you had to understand everything in scripture. Uh, it wasn't that you had to be healed first. It was that you had to have faith first. And then Believe. the other things came. That you are so right on. I wish we had more time to talk about this because uh, you really opened it up a can of worms for me to really come out. I have so much to say on the, the that subject of faith, but you're so right. And everything in our life, in this dimension of Earth that we live in, you know, we remove our five senses, mm -hmm. but we can't trust our five senses. Mm -hmm. We have to go by spirit. That is why the carnal nature is enmity with God. If we start to go by spirit, we live by faith. You see, faith is what ignites our spirit to come alive. And I was so, oh, woe is me, I'm going to die. And God had to change that. It comes through the word. I think today in the church, we've really neglected the word. We want the, the prophecy. We want this, that. But we've got to come back to the word. The power is out of your mouth. The sword is coming from your mouth <laughs> and the mouth is going to speak what you're thinking. So it comes back to that. Also, I want to say this real quickly. I had a dream a couple of days ago. It was the 21st and I don't dream very often, but I know when God gives me a dream and it's usually for the body of Christ. We are having our annual Good Friday service here in Dallas, mm -hmm. uh, April 7th. And the dream was about the service, oddly enough. And we were in the hotel. And um, we were being transitioned. They had given us the wrong ballroom. We were in the hallway of transitioning to the new ballroom. There was a lady still milling around the old ballroom, and I was standing there with crowds of people. All of a sudden, the lady dropped dead. And I thought, Lord, is somebody going to die in the service? Like, what is this? <laughs> in the dream, I see the lady, and everybody said, oh, no, she died. But at least she died around Christians. And my first thought was, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess that's a good thing. She died around the body of Christ. And then all of a sudden, my spirit just rose up and said, no. And I charged over to the woman dead on the ground. And I said, get up. And I cannot remember when I have ever used that type of force to yell in my voice. I said, wake up, get up. And I kept saying, uh, I was interchanging those words. Get up in Jesus name. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And all of a sudden, her eyes began to just, you know, flutter a bit. And she closed up. I said, open your eyes, wake up. You will not die in Jesus name. And her body began to shake. The woman got up. I woke up from the dream 
here's a woman that's dead. Now she's alive. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, the the woman, you know, in the Bible, you know, the church is always attested to a female. And, and you think about the bride of Christ, so it's male and female. But the church as a whole, we've been falling asleep. Mm. And when you look at the 10 virgins, even though five had oil in their lamps, the Bible says in Matthew 25, and they all slept while the bridegroom tarried. Mm-hmm. So each of us, as you said earlier, are, we're in a different walk in our life with God, but we all have areas that need improvement. And we're, we're asleep in some areas. And when I began to shout, she awakened. The cry came at midnight. Behold, the, bri- the bridegroom comes. And then they awakened. So God is saying, there's a cry going out now, and my church needs to wake up. Mm. We've been asleep too long. And I truly feel that it comes by us having this faith renewed again. Maybe that's what's happening at Asbury right Mm -hmm. now. It's a renewal of our faith. Maybe our fire has gone low. Maybe our faith is just teetering, and we're really not where we used to be with God. But God is awakening his church again. And I truly believe that those who even have barely just a grain of mustard seed faith, God's going to quicken that. But the key is faith. It's the belief system. I had to believe past how I felt that that woman was going to come back to life. Mm. We've got to see a situation and our faith has to be greater than the negative and the opposing forces that we see to believe that God will intervene. Yeah. And I, I think that's really the beginning of where we start to live in the supernatural dimension with the Lord. Yeah. And I, I, I pray that that is what's going on. Um, I want to show people real quickly your website. Uh, this is SharonBolin.com, SharonBolin.com. Anybody wants to follow up there? And you know, you've got those words, preach, teach, heal, there on your website. And, you know, anybody old school like me, when we see healing in the realm of preaching and teaching, you know, we hearken back to, you know, people waving coats and falling down and, and things like that. But in today's culture where we've got an epidemic of depression and anxiety— yeah. I think maybe the healing that is that God wants to bring and maybe bringing, especially to a younger generation coming out of COVID and fear and all those things, the uncertainty, uh, it is one of primarily the mind. Uh, and Absolutely. I, I think in the identity crisis that's going on, I mean, my gosh, the world is the world is so messed up that I think a lot of people are realizing, wait a minute. And what they're telling me is just kind of crazy. I don't even know who I am or who you are anymore. Do you think maybe some of what's going on, and I don't know a lot about the Asbury revival. I'm all for people praying and worshiping and seeking God. Absolutely, you know. Um, But do you think maybe there's a a healing of the mind and the anxiety and the identity uh, that God's moving in? Because that's certainly what we need. When Jesus was asleep on the boat... What were the disciples going through? Anxiety and fear. Why? Because the storm, because the wind and the fact, even greater than that, is that water was in the boat. And you know if water's in the boat, it's going down. down. And I truly believe when Jesus rose up from sleep, obviously he wasn't bothered. He rebuked the wind and the the wave, and he said, peace be still. And where's your faith? What are you fearing for? Mm. We have to be able to have the mindset that no matter what we are dealing with, 
our God is greater and he's living in us. He's in the boat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are, you're the boat. He's with you. And also, whatever is happening at Asbury, I think it's beautiful. Can we actually criticize people that are worshiping God? They don't want any names. They don't want any celebrities. They just want a simple move of God. They just want to come back to knowing God, holiness. Yeah. You know, without holiness, no man can see God. Be holy as I am holy. So if our young people come together and God is starting with them, and, and this move of God spreads through campuses all across our nation and the world, isn't that a good thing? I mean, who could criticize that? To me, this is truly a beautiful move of the Spirit. Now, I think revival past people equate that with people have to fall down and manifest and all this stuff. Listen, God's going to do what God is going to do. We are not going to see a one man show or one woman show. This move of God that's coming is a move of the spirit to the body. Yeah. Every single person has been called by God for a specific t task in the earth. And we've got to see this as a corporate move. And yes, what Satan has done is come against our mind. Because if he can get your mind, mm -hmm. he's, got you. he's got you. And so God is going to start setting our minds free. We're going to start seeing depression leave, uh, anxiety leave, worry, all of these, a lot of sickness and disease, you know, people that, that manifest in their body it comes from how they think. Yeah. So when our mind is renewed, our, our lives will be renewed. So I truly believe that, that God is going to start really um, – delivering people from their bondages of their own minds that's that's what god does so i mean that's consistent with scripture and what jesus did uh and you're right the interesting thing about the word and the words we speak uh i mean god created the worlds with what a word he spoke the word. It into existence Absolutely. jesus didn't come with a physical sword you know to take over the earth to reclaim what he had created really uh he came with his with his words, and they changed everything. Uh, so there's a lot of power in that, and I I appreciate the encouragement to put the faith first, to speak the words of God, the words of life, uh, despite any water we may see in the boat, because <laughs> it's easy to look at the water in the boat and curse it or be fearful of it. But you're you're absolutely right. We've we've got. I mean, we've got Jesus in the boat, and if we think he shouldn't—he's sleeping. What's wrong? You know, he's got it. Everything's fine. Yeah, the the word of the word of faith is not even in thy mouth. And also, um, as you're saying, David, about, about the Lord and the word that we speak. Um, when Jesus, after forty days of fasting, was tempted of the devil, how did he overcome? Yeah, the word. He's God and he's man, but how did he overcome? By his own word. Yeah. It is written. It's a pattern for us. We will always overcome by the word. That is so important. In the beginning, the word, you know, John says, was with God. The word was God. And then we go to Genesis. In the beginning, God created and God said. If you continue to read Genesis 1, God said, God said, God said. And everything in creation, as you so rightly said, was we, we look outside, look at creation. It was created by word. So your words have power and the words come from your thought life. So if your thought life is in line with God, then your word is going to have power. And, and the kingdom of God is within us. We've got to release the kingdom and the kingdom is released 
by the word of the Lord. Sharon, so good. We could keep going, but I, I got to let you go. Uh, people can follow up with you at SharonBullen.com, right? That's right. And I would love to, you know, anybody needs prayer, please contact our ministry. We're a, a, a ministry of prayer and we do see God move in mighty ways. And and we would love to, to pray for all of you. And again, if you live in the Dallas Fort Worth area or, or anywhere, love to invite all of your viewers to our annual Good Friday service. It's going to be an awesome time in the presence of the Lord as we share our message on the cross and pray and, and have a time of worship. It's a beautiful, intimate service that we hold every year. Where, where thank exact, you so much for having where, me Where today. exactly is that in Dallas? It's going to be held at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Grapevine, Texas, oh, off Grapevine. of Bass Pro Road. Yeah. Um, it'll be uh, April 7th. Up, that evening up there by uh, grapevine mills mall north of the airport anybody that's correct <laughs> and our t- all the tickets are free you can get them at uh randy thank you so much great to meet you you too and, yeah i uh, know this has been encouraging and keep encouraging and I, I i i love your passion for the word and for encouraging people uh and so thank you for sharing it with us and and don't stop thank you it's been an honor to be with you today thank you Absolutely. I appreciate all you guys out there watching. Hey, encourage somebody today. Use that share button and come back because uh, we've got more more encouragement encouragement for you. Some entertainment, some uh, maybe hard conversations. I've got a lot of great guests lined up. March is full. Uh, April's filling up. So we're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep encouraging you right here. So come grow with us and I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. One of his children.